0: We have been preaching on a series called Theology Matters, and today I'm going to continue along those lines. I want to bring to your attention what the Bible teaches about healing. How many of you could use some healing? All of us from one, at one point or another in our life will need healing, and sometimes healing is physical, but many times it's emotional. Or spiritual, the inner man needs healing just as much as the outer man does. And so this morning, whether it's your inner man or your outer man that needs healing, that needs to be touched by heaven, I want you to stir up your faith to believe that this is your day. Do you believe that? Now I'm gonna ask you to go to two parts of your Bible. We're gonna go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a great big book in the Old Testament, not hard to find usually. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. And then we're going to go to the last book of the New Testament, the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. As we read from the word of the Lord today, I just want to remind you that God's word is powerful. And the Old Testament, although it has being informed and enlightened by the New Testament is rich with truth for the believer today. So don't ever let anybody tell you that the Old Testament is no longer relevant. You can't understand the Old Testament without the New Testament. And you certainly can't understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. And when you read the words of God in, in the book of Isaiah and Malachi, they're Old Testament words. But they have New Testament truth. And so I want to read them to you this morning. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew before them like a tender shoot, and like a root in parched ground. He had no stately form or comeliness that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, of man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, And the chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Now go to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. Both of these verses, although they're in the New Testament, are referring to Jesus. And here we read, But for you who fear my name, says the Lord, the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And you will go forth and skip like the calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which I am prepared, says the Lord of hosts. Can you say this with me this morning? Lord, heal me today. Father, we pray this morning that you would come and speak to us by your holy inspired word. I ask you now to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I pray as well that you would anoint this congregation that in hearing the word they might receive it and put it to action in their lives. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. I believe there are two ways that God heals primarily. There is miraculous healing, which is an instantaneous work of God. ...in the life of someone who is in need of healing. And I have experienced that in my life. I also believe that there is the healing process... ...through which God works and which God uses in our life. And I have been healed by that process as well. So before we get into the text of this morning... ...I just want to bring before you the basic uh, idea that the Bible teaches... Both of these forms of God's healing work in our life. And the Bible lays a great and strong foundation about the fact that God is a healer. And that God wants to heal His people. In fact, one of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha, or Yahweh Rapha, which means the Lord, my healer. Can you say that with me? The Lord, my healer. When the Lord used that term about himself, he said to the nation of Israel, I sent my word and healed you. And so we understand that God heals and that God is a healer and God heals by his word. So this morning I just want you to see that the Bible is teaching us of a present work of God even unto our day. There are some who believe that the healing ministry or the healing work of God has ended. But I thank God that it has not ended. I believe that God is still healing up until right now in the 21st century. In the book of, uh, uh, in the Gospels, Jesus said that these signs would follow those that believe. Mark chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. He said they will cast out devils, they will speak with new tongues, and they will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. How many of you still believe that? And then in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, we're told that one of the manifestations of the Spirit is that He brings gifts of healing, and these gifts of healing are manifested by the body of Christ through the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their life. Now, there are two situations in the Bible that I want to particularly look at as we begin. First of all, we read in one of the Gospels where the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 through 17 that Jesus healed all those who were sick. But then we read in Mark chapter 6 verse 5 through 6, it says that Jesus healed very few people and could not work very many miracles. So what is happening in this text? On the one hand, Jesus goes into one place, one city, And he healed everybody. How many of you would like for Jesus to do that at Kingsway this morning? Well, then he goes into another city and he could heal nobody. And so you have to ask, what's going on? Is Jesus partial to one city and not another? Or is there some form of limitation on what God is able to do in a particular place and at a particular time? Well, when you read the text of Scripture, you discover that in the one place there was faith toward God. There was a people who had opened their hearts and their minds to receive the ministry of Jesus, and so they were able to receive healing. Friend, whether it be physical healing, or whether it be emotional healing, or whether it be spiritual healing, or whether it be financial healing, whatever kind of healing you need, you're going to have to open your heart to God in order to be able to receive it. Now, on the other side, Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown. And in Nazareth, there are a lot of preconceived ideas and notions. Nazareth shut their heart toward Christ. And because they shut their heart to Christ, they could not receive the healing ministry of Jesus. Well, I don't believe I'm in Nazareth this morning. I believe I'm in a place where there's faith toward God. Can you say amen? And I believe there is a people here this morning that have the faith and the confidence that God is still at work in the lives of believers. Now, in my own life, I have experienced healing and in the life of my family. In fact, my family came to Christ four generations ago because of a healing ministry of the Holy Spirit. My great-grandmother was dying of a disease called tuberculosis. And uh, and she was dying of this disease, and a, a group of women came to pray for her. And when these women prayed for her, they believed that God could heal her. And she was healed miraculously and instantaneously of tuberculosis. And my grandfather, my great-grandfather, who was her husband, when he saw this, he gave his life to Christ. And and, uh, they began to serve the Lord. They became ministers of the gospel. And now, four generations later, one of their descendants is still preaching the gospel because God manifested His healing work in their lives. In my own life, some ten years ago now, I was preaching a revival in the city of Pasadena. God was moving in that place in a a particular way. I, I was there for one day. I stayed for 13 weeks. And as I preached on about the 21st day of preaching... I began to experience a great pain in my abdomen. And this thing was so debilitating that when I would preach, I had to lean on the pulpit in order to be able to preach. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if you won't heal me, then at least give me one hour of relief so that I can preach without any pain. And then uh, I'll deal with it the rest of the time. Well, that night, as I went into the pulpit, I was leaning on the pulpit for the pain that was in my body. And I was preaching the word of God. And I believe that what I experienced that day was an angelic visitation. Because I saw a figure standing over me, perhaps about 12 to 15 feet tall. With his hands extended out like this. And before I knew it, I wasn't leaning on the pulpit anymore. But I was healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ as I preached. And that that has never come back into my life. On another occasion, I was preaching in the Amazon. I had a group of uh, teenagers who were traveling through the Amazon, and we went into a particular village. And as it was our custom, we would go to every every uh, house in the village, inviting the, the folks there to come to church and to our children's ministry. And as we went into every home, we started to discover that every child who was under a year old in that village was running a high fever. And there was an epidemic going through that A village, to that community. So I told the team, I said, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out into the middle of the town square every day, and we are going to pray against this spirit of infirmity. We're going to call on the name of Jesus, and we're going to plead the blood of Jesus over this village. We began to do that. Every day at a particular hour, we went out there to pray. I think it was every day on the hour. It seemed something like that. And um, we, as we began to pray, we would often hear Cackling and laughing of voices that were laughing at us as we prayed. And, and there was spiritual opposition in that. But by the end of the week when we were about to leave and move on to another community, we went that, down that uh, row of houses again, house by house. And every house we went into where there had been a child who was sick, that child had been recovered completely of that sickness. And their mother would say, we don't know what happened. Suddenly the fever broke. Suddenly healing came into their life and so I have seen the healing power of Christ and I believe that God heals today I didn't get any there. I said I believe God heals today I know God healed yesterday but I believe God can heal today I want to share with you six reasons why we get sick all right now, I shared with these, uh, these with you a few years ago in Bible study, but since you might have forgotten or they might have fallen into the back of your mind, I want to remind you about these things because it's important to know why we get sick so that we can walk in health and in divine healing. Say amen, somebody. Amen. The first reason, now, I know this is not going to be very popular. You're not going to like this, this, this part right here, all right? Um, but the first reason that we get sick is because we have a poor diet, And a poor lifestyle. I didn't hear a whole lot of amens right there. Somebody said, Pastor, move along now. Change the channel. I came to church to be encouraged. I didn't come to church for you to challenge me just before lunch about how I'm eating. But see, um, somebody uh, heard this sermon in the previous service and they didn't eat a donut afterwards. So I'm making some progress somewhere. But the, the reason that we get sick many times is because we just don't eat right. Now, you don't have to say amen, because I know I'm telling the truth. And when the church gets real quiet, I know I'm, I'm right in the right place where I need to be. We have poor diet, and we have a poor lifestyle. Many times, we eat the wrong foods, and we don't do any physical exercise, and the end result is sickness in our bodies. And so we like to eat whatever we want Monday through Friday, and then come to church on Sunday and ask God for divine healing. But you know God can heal you by not letting you eat the wrong stuff if you will obey, if you will listen. So I want to just challenge you today that God's Word tells us that uh, we can eat anything, all right? But the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. And, and, And so I want to challenge you about that, but I also want to challenge you about lifestyle. Not just what you eat. And not only not getting enough exercise, but you know the five most common causes of disease in America are caused by stress and pressure in people's lives. A lot of people are sick in the church today because they're worrying about other people's problems. And they're worrying about things they can't control and they can't change. Can I just tell you God did not create you To carry worry and stress and fear and anxiety. He did not make you a pack mule for other people's problems. He made you a son and daughter of the Most High God. And what does he say? He says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So this morning... Healing might be just as easy as saying, Lord, I am not going to worry about this anymore. I'm going to give it to you. You're in charge. You're in control. You take over. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, the next reason that we get sick is because of generational curses. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 7 through 10. The Bible teaches the nation of Israel. That if they would forsake the Lord and go off to idolatry and eat the food of the pagans, that there would come upon them a curse until their fourth generation. This curse would be upon their bloodline. And so many times what we experience in our body is the sickness that has been passed down generationally through our families. And it's a, a curse that comes upon the families of men. Because of disobedience to God. But I want to challenge you this morning with this. That although there may be a past in your life of generations of sinful practices and the results of those practices. I have good news for you this morning. That when you came to Jesus. When you gave your life to Christ. You came into a new family. Say amen somebody. Uh, And there's a new bloodline that you're a part of now. And listen, this new family that we're a part of does not know a single curse. All it knows is blessing because it is the family of God. Say amen, somebody. I'm talking about a new family that has been purchased through the blood of Jesus. So listen. You, If you have a curse in your family, maybe it's a particular kind of sickness, a particular kind of addiction, or a particular kind of uh, behavioral pattern. Let me just tell you this. If you will let God work and let God lead, that will you will be the last person in your family that that thing ever le- reared its head in. And you can see the blessing of God going forward in all of your generations. Because the Bible says... That the curse was unto four generations, but the blessing of the Lord is unto a thousand generations. Come on, God is serious about blessing your life and blessing your family. Number three, sin come. Pardon, uh, sickness comes into our life because of sin and the lack of spiritual connection to God. In Mark chapter, pardon, in John chapter five, verse five through fourteen, the Bible tells us about a man. Who had been sick for 38 years. And after this man had been healed by Jesus. Jesus said this to that man. He said go and sin no more. So that a worse thing does not come upon you. And we understand from that. That many times sickness comes into people's bodies. Because they have a a sin pattern in their life. And that sin pattern results in a detriment to their health and to their physical body but the bible said that if you repent of your sins that jesus will not only heal you spiritually friend but he can do that work of healing your body as well and making you whole completely for the glory of god number five sickness comes into our bodies sometimes and we wonder why did god allow this in the gospel again, the gospel of John chapter 9, we read about a man who was born blind. And the disciples, they asked the question. They said, Lord, who a sinned that this man should be born blind? What it Was it his parents or did he sin? Now that's an odd question, isn't it? How can a baby sin in the womb? And Jesus said, no, it wasn't that his parents sinned or that he sinned. But rather this was so that God would receive glory. This was done for the glory of God. Jesus would eventually heal that blind man. And Christ would receive great glory from that testimony. But can I just tell you, if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a moment of anxiety or a moment of pressing where it seems like life is against you, maybe you're going through a moment of disease or maybe it's the the disease in the life of a loved one. And maybe you're wondering, God, where did this come from? Why is this on me? I haven't sinned. I haven't been uh, doing anything particularly wrong. Why is this on my life? Just trust God that he'll get glory out of that situation in your life. You see, I have seen people who have a headache curse God. And I have seen people who are on a deathbed bless God. And when people who are going through sickness and suffering bless God, it becomes a testimony for the glory of God all over the world. And in our generation, listen, our generation has gotten so used to getting what it wants. Nobody said amen about that, but that's how we are. We like what we want, and we like it fast, don't we? I want it right now. If I order it at McDonald's, I want it within the next minute because I've got to eat those French fries now. We like what we want, and we usually get what we want because whether you know it or not, we're all rich. We all have a whole lot more money and resources than a lot of other people I have met around the world. So we tend to always get what we want, and often in that we, we lose sight of the fact that sometimes God wants us to go through a season of learning and a season in which we say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I bless you. I don't, I don't like this particular season in my life, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you because I know that you're in control and I know that you're going to get glory out of my life. And so we can say with the psalmist, I will. Bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then the psalmist in another part, he says, and I will not, I will not forget any of God's benefits because it is the Lord that has healed my diseases. So when you find yourself in sickness or in a moment of trial, trust God for healing and bless the Lord on the way. Come on, somebody. Praise God on the way to your miracle, on the way to healing. Now, number six, this is the final one I want to share with you, is that often or sometimes sickness comes unto death. The Bible says this, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. It says that Elijah died, or pardon, Elijah became sick with the sickness with which he would die. And so then we read in Psalm 116, verse 15. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Listen, someday God's going to call you home. And when he calls you home, he might choose sickness as the avenue by which to call you home. Now, I don't like that. I don't particularly want that, but he might choose that. And if he does, I pray that when that day comes from my life or when that day comes from your life, that we will have the courage to face death and know that on the other side of death is life and life forevermore. That there is resurrection life and that we do not need to fear death. And so if if sometimes this moment comes into our life where we have to say goodbye to a loved one, who's come under, under sickness. And sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to them. It's hard to let go sometimes. But we have to understand that if they belong to Christ, you and I aren't losing them. We're just saying, see you later for a little while because we're going to have them again in our life upon the resurrection of the just at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me just give you a little insight here. When I train preachers, this is what I tell them. I said, look, if you go and pray for someone who's sick, don't pray, Lord, let thy will be done. I want you to pray, and I teach them to pray, Lord, heal this person in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor Isaac, wait a minute. I thought the Bible says, let thy will be done. Yes. But when the preacher's praying, his job is to believe for healing. Only the person who's sick can say, Lord, let thy will be done. You have that right over your own body, over your own health. And so if you decide, Lord, let your will be done, and he calls you home, then you're making that that decision of your own judgment. But when a preacher comes in, at least one I've trained, here's what I've trained him to do. I believe God can heal until the very last minute. And I believe God raises the dead too. Come on, somebody. And so we're going to pray for you that God will heal you. And if you say, Lord, let your will be done, that's because you've decided that you're going to surrender your life into the hands of God and let him do as he wishes. Now, these are some reasons that sickness comes into our body. But uh, those are important because if you don't know the reasons, you might keep getting sick without knowing why you're getting sick. And if you can stop the pattern in your life, you might be able to walk in health rather than needing healing. Because don't you know it's better to walk in health than needing a miracle every Sunday? Come on, somebody. And so I want you to walk in health even as your soul is in health, even as your soul is prospering before God, so your body can prosper before God. Now, I want you to hear a few more things about how God heals and how healing comes to our body because that's important now. If we understand how healing uh, how sickness comes, we also need to understand how healing comes. First of all, healing comes when you and I listen to the voice and the word of God. You know, I read to you that text that says that someday the Messiah would come and he would have healing in his wings. Now, I want you to understand this. Jesus does not have wings. Say amen, somebody. God is not a bird. God does not have wings. But many times in the Bible, the Bible uses this term, wings or this term to describe a certain attribute of God. What we see there is a Hebrew word that is the word kanaf. Can you say it with me? kanaf? See, all of you just spoke Hebrew just now. So now you are speaking in tongues, all right? kanaf is a word that is used here in this text to describe wings. But it actually doesn't mean wings like you fly with. Rather, it means the hem of a garment. And so the hem of the garment for the Jew is the kanaf. And there are three things we learn about the kanaf in the Old Testament. First of all, God told the Jews that they were to have a garment, and upon the kanaf, upon the hem, they were to have the strands of, of the, uh, or threads that would represent the law of God, the teaching of God. You want to know how to be healed? Well, there's healing in the kanaf of Jesus. What do you mean, preacher? There's healing in the teachings of Jesus. If you will live according to the teachings of Jesus, you can find health in your body. And here's what I want to challenge you to do, because I want to make an altar call in just a few minutes. All right, normally when we make a healing altar call, we come and anoint you with oil and we pray uh, for healing. But today I want you to come and say, Lord, teach me how to eat better. I lost the church. Yeah. Lord, teach me how to eat better. Yeah. Teach me how to, how to cut back on those Dr. Pepper's cheese. Huh? <laughs> Help me say no to tamales yeah. and tortillas yeah. and baracoa. Oh, my. Hold on, shorties, we're coming. It's going to be good today. Or maybe it'll be Subway, right? We'll all end up at Subway after church. You know, God will tell you how to do things right. In his teachings, in his kanaf, there's healing. And if you'll just come to him and say, Lord, the doctor says i have got to take these seven pills every day. But I want you to teach me how to eat right. I want you to teach me how to live right. I want to teach you how to live a stress-free life. I want my soul to prosper because Jesus didn't die on the cross just so that I could just barely survive and make it. He died on the cross so that you could thrive and have a a life more abundant, a free life, an abundant life. And so in the hymn of Jesus, in the teachings of Jesus, what do we find there? You can hear his voice. But you know what else? If you look at the healing, the the teachings of Jesus, he tells you to forgive. You know there's healing in forgiveness. Some of you are sick today because you won't forgive. And that sickness has manifested itself in your physical body because of the, the, the inability to let it go and to give it to God. Can I tell you today, give it to God. Let it go. God will give you the grace and the power to forgive. Because you know what happens when we hold unforgiveness? We think we're hurting the other person. You're actually not hurting the other person. You're hurting yourself. People who don't forgive, they think that they're hurting somebody else. But actually, they're taking the poison themselves. And it's killing your body. It's destroying your mind. And today, Jesus wants you to have healing. And he says that if you will love your neighbor, and if you will forgive, that you can walk in that healing. So that's in the hymn of Jesus. Another thing we see in the Old Testament about the kanaf is that the kanaf, that hymn, was used to be thrown over someone that was being redeemed. As a mantle or a garment that signified, you're now under my covering. Ruth, in the book of Ruth, goes to Boaz. And she says to Boaz, throw your kanaf over me. Redeem me. Cover me. Put me under your wing, under your arm." That's what God wants you to do. If you want healing today, you've got to come under the covering of Jesus. You've got to come under the covering of God's grace and God's help over your life. And so you can say, Lord, put me under your covering. Because the Bible says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, friend, I'm talking about a place of security, a place of peace, a place of healing a place of restoration and of comfort. And if you don't know really how that works, just remember the day when you were walking without God, and then you came to Jesus, and he threw his arm around you, and he brought you into his family, and he started to heal your heart, and he started to heal your mind, and he started to deliver you of those things that you had walked under bondage to. Jesus wants to do that every single day of your life if you'll give him access to your life. So just tell him today, cover me, Jesus. Put me under your wing. I need your protection. Not only is that protection found under his wing, but here we see that in his teachings and under his redemptive covering is the word of God. You see, the word of God is essential for divine healing. Why, pastor? Because you and I were created by the word. We were born again by the word. That means we are creatures of the word and it is the word that heals he said i sent my word and healed them jesus does not have to come physically into this church this morning because he has sent his word and his word has life and his word has healing power in order to restore and to heal now there's one more thing i want you to see about the canal and that is that in the gospels Jesus was going through a crowd. He was going through a a, a city. There was a great crowd there. And there was a woman who had been sick for 12 years without any help uh, or any recovery. 12 years of an issue of blood, a hemorrhage. And the Bible said that she had gone to doctors and had grown only worse. So she went to doctors and the doctors didn't make it any better. Listen, doctors are used by God sometimes. And so don't don't say, I'm I'm never going to go to a doctor. If God wants to use a doctor, let him, All right, But this woman had gone to doctors, and doctors couldn't help her. And so she heard that Jesus was coming through town. Now I don't know if you've ever been sick, real sick. Like can't get out of bed sick. This is how this woman was. But she heard that Jesus was coming through town. And she thought to herself, if I can but touch the knuff, If I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. I don't know if she knew it or not, but something was revealed to her that day that there was healing in his wings. That there was healing in his garments. And so she started to press through that crowd. She pressed through that that, that mass of people. Suddenly she reached out and in her frailty was able to touch the canal. To be able to touch the healing garment of Christ. The Bible said that when she did that, instantly, she became whole. I said instantly, she became whole. In a moment, in a moment, she was whole. And Jesus, he said, wait a minute, wait, stop, stop, everybody, stop. Be quiet, quiet. Somebody touched me. Peter said, Lord, um, this is a crowd. This is no time to be obsessive-compulsive, Lord. There are people touching you all over the place. He said, no, somebody touched me because I felt power come out of me. I felt virtue come out of me. And he looked at that woman who had been healed, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. You see, if you'll just reach out and touch Jesus, he can make you whole today. He can make you whole in the moment. He can make you whole in your spirit, in your inner man. He can make you whole in your body. And I believe this morning that he wants to do that for everyone who will believe. Now, here's what I want to know. Is there any faith in the house? Is there anybody that believes God? I want you to stand with me, please. And I want you to, just right where you are, begin to pray. Just really, just begin to worship God. I'm going to make an altar call in just a minute. But I want you to just begin to worship God right where you are. And just tell him, Lord, I believe this morning. Maybe you're not sick, but somebody next to you is sick. And they need divine health and divine healing. And this morning, we're going to believe God for Miracles. And we're going to believe God for wisdom too. We're going to believe God not only to heal you, but to help you keep your health. And to walk in His divine health. The Bible said that the Lord wants you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. If your soul is prospering, it's because of Jesus. You have peace in your soul, He wants peace in your body. You have peace in your relationship with God. He wants peace in the cells of your body. So I'm going to ask the worship team just to lead us in worship for a few minutes. As they do that, would you just worship God? Prayer team, would you come please? And just stand up here in this altar. Elders and prayer team, if you would come please. Yes, Lord. I'll we'll just give God a moment or two more of your attention this morning. Yes, Lord. Listen now, no matter what's the reason that you might be sick, there's no reason why you can't be healed. Jesus died on the cross to give you health and to give you healing. By his stripes, we are healed. And so if you need healing this morning, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in any area of your life, I want you to come out of this out of that pew. And I want you to just believe with one of these people on this prayer team this morning. And we're going to trust God to manifest His glorious healing power on your behalf. Anyone in here that needs healing in your body, Jesus can do it today. Healing in your mind, Jesus can do it today. This is a day for deliverance. This is a day for freedom. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't need healing, but I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle today. I need God to work on my behalf. Just come into this altar with faith this morning. trusting God. Trust Him with His ability to meet you where you are.